Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after thirty day trial starts automatically. Terms apply. Simply the best. Every time he sees me, his eyes light up. I can almost hear his heart beat faster. He looks at me the same way he did when we first met. For him, it's love at first sight every day. For me, it's heartbreaking. Loving someone who's living with dementia is not easy. For support, advice, or to make a donation, visit dementiasa.org. You're listening to Vuga Online. You are rocking with the best. The Hope Makers Show, bringing hope to the world, one conversation at a time. I am with uh, Rolf Foster Jensen, uh, and uh, how are you, Rolf? Welcome Wonderful, thank you. you. <laughs> I'm going in spring weather here where I am in Canada, so right on the ocean. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I see here on the on the Hope Makers page, you are in just to be the cause instead of just because. Yeah. Say a little bit important. more about that. That sounds very interesting. <laughs> I think it's important that we recognize that, you know, so often we get caught up with what the things we do, and whether we're impressing ourselves or our spouse or whomever, we, we talk about the things we've done, et cetera. In reality, I think it's more important that we recognize what are we, what do we want to be, and are we becoming that, that is desirable, that is uh, worthy of our attention and our effort. Um, and in that sense, uh, the things that we do, if they're aligned with what we want to be, all of a sudden they seem more natural to do. There's no resistance. There's no reluctance in, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So working on to be rather than just becoming something, I think, is part of our, uh, our grounding and, and our alignment. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a, 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 very, a very interesting perspective to hold. Um, when you think about the fact that I'm gonna put the, all of this uh, stuff on silence, uh, I'm famous now. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> um, it, it's a fascinating. It's a it's a fascinating uh, space to be when we live in a world where everybody is um, looking for a cause, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and most of the time to something to rail about something, uh, to complain about, and then hopefully uh, make a bit of a difference. Well, it's interesting. I mean, one of the lines I sometimes use on, on my on my website is also, so, when, do you feel like you have to scream to be heard? Yeah. And I think there's an awful lot of screaming going on right now. Yeah. And it has more to do with being wanting to be heard than it has to do with the validity or value of the message. Yes. And I think if we can help people become a little more discerning on what they're trying to convey in their messaging, we won't have to scream. <laughs> yes. yes. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's actually quite fascinating the, 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 that idea. But let's take two steps back because you know sure. we're like we're going we're going now way 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 deep into this conversation, and obviously it's my fault because I never really. I'm a random thinker. I can jump around just fine. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, you must be a Gemini. <laughs> uh, Virgo, actually, but that's right. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's tell the let's tell the listeners. Um, what do you want the listeners to know about Rolf? Well, uh, people tell me that I'm a sort of behind the scenes global consultative skills catalyst for personal growth. In other words, I, I tend to work behind the scenes more and, and, and I've, I've coached primarily business people and many Fortune 500 companies as well as other coaches. And I help take them from wherever they are today, not just to what they think they want to do or become, I, I help people be more than what they ever dreamed they could become. And I think that's key to ex- expand their horizons and their potential as well, yet allow them to define the meaningfulness from their point of view. It's not from an external source or judging by others. It's really, what do you want to become? And, and how much deeper does that be than you even imagined perhaps? So that's a key aspect. So I've actually been out here consulting and facilitating training coaching for almost 40 years now. My clients include IBM and Cisco and General Motors and the International United Auto Workers Union and Unilever and many others. Um, so my, my focus has been, again, behind the scenes with those environments. So um, clients, peers, they've honored me many times with the uh, Earned Top Facilitation Award. I was co-chair of the International Association of Facilitators America's Conference uh, but a featured speaker. I've done a lot of work in India, particularly I was featured speaker at the inaugural Super Achievers Summit there. Uh, my business partner, wife of 46 years, and I have owned multi-million dollar businesses with hundreds of employees, although most of those we sold off because we really realized we really didn't enjoy that part so much. <laughs> uh, and I also have my sidelight as I play timpani and percussion in the, uh, I play every week with the oldest fire department concert band in Canada. <laughs> that's that my fascinating. That's, that was fascinating to actually read and out we'll talk a little bit about it so that's yeah. that's a lot that's a lot and and I, I, I you you mentioned something in your profile about the Baldrige award uh, oh, oh Malcolm Baldrige award yes yeah the, the a company that won the Malcolm Baldrige service award the same year they selected me as their top facilitation partner of, of the year uh, all over the world which was kind and so it was a at that time it was a 400 million dollar US uh, company yeah. um, and I was honored with that obviously and, and done a lot of, of work with many different clients in many different uh, environments mm-hmm. a lot of work with the automobile industry and truck industry as well as high tech and pharmaceuticals and whole works. Um, Yet what's interesting about it is that for many people, when you talk about business, it's an easy scapegoat to say how horrible it is and, you know, doing all these bad things, et cetera. I actually believe that there's no such thing as blaming the system or business or even government because all decisions are actually made by individuals. Yes. They align with other people who have commonalities. That's that's true. We we tend to hang around with people that that are think like us. Yet still, it comes down to individuals. So I find if you appeal to their personal nature of what they think is really the right, the best, the the wisest thing to do, you get better decision making that way. So that's my behind the scenes uh, catalyst role. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And and I always say this. I, I love this because I always say this. 
whenever we get into an organization, it's nothing like an organization. Yeah. There are people yeah. organized to do something. Right. And, and as a result, are you doing it? <laughs> Yeah. And, and ironically, it's not always just a vertical hierarchy aspect. I've had many times in which the most influential person is not the CEO. Yes. <laughs> Other yes. people who they listen to and they adhere and they, they respect well enough to, to abide by their wishes or their suggestions, at least. And then they'll go along with that. So. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, hope. We started <laughs> going into this conversation to talk about hope and all of that. And I think what you've just spoken about, which for me is one of the key leadership challenges. Is, uh, um, the, 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 there's this whole pointing fingers uh, piece that keeps going, that keeps going around. Um, but I think if we take the conversation much, much bigger, what would you say is the state of leadership right now in the world as you see it? Uh, with the spaces that you're in. Where are we in the world right now? Leadership as humans in general, where are we? Well, you know, would you be all right if I kind of take that question back a step deeper into sure. sort of a spiritual connotation? Yes, yes. Are yes, you all right with you? You're okay? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I mean, I, it's an area that um, is something that, that, that I find important and at the same time, it's also one of those areas where people don't understand and appreciate. Um, and I'm going to actually present something to you that I can't prove a word of <laughs> because it's spiritual nature. In other words, if we reconnect back in our spiritual realms, then we can talk about it. But in our physical realms right now, not so much, not so easily. So let me ask a couple of questions. First of all, is it fair to say that we all have an inner desire to improve, even though it's at varying degrees of accomplishment and, and effort? We all want to improve, right? According to the humanists, yes. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, would you also say the concept of guardian angels has become more widely accepted than it used to be? Widely accepted now, yes. Okay. okay. How about the concept? Which is of- also quite interesting, though, um, sure. it, 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 just to say something there. Um, where I am now, it has always been a, 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 a concept but the challenge actually has been how many of our people were um, deprioritizing it yeah. for a much more Christian, um, more Western frame that had one yeah. uh, one angel and one uh, monotheistic type of an idea. Right, and I'm not attacking or or uh, aligning with any particular religion with what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes, strictly yes. spiritual. I'm very clear, careful yes. about that. It's not. Yes. But but I, I think that's the thing. If I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, sure, I'm no, that's right. <laughs> this is one of my favorite conversations. But uh, sure. one of the things that always fascinates me. I was speaking to someone in the U.S. as well a couple of weeks ago. I was being interviewed for a change. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we started having this conversation. I realized we were actually at cross purposes every time we spoke um, to, uh, only to, to, to hit me 10 minutes later after a lot of back and forth that um, her perspective uh, of spiritual mm-hmm. was religious. Ah. And uh, but I'm not talking about religion. Uh, no. Religion is an organization. I'm talking 
about what you're talking about, which is something that's probably lying somewhere within you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I'm a preacher's kid. So I grew up in that environment. However, I'm not aligning with any particular religion, nor am I trying to advocate for or against religion when I talk about spirituality. Yes. Yes. What I'm going to share certainly is, is confusing or alarming to some people and who have those belief systems i respect that it's it's not really what i'm trying to trying to impose by any means Mm -hmm. so one of the areas that i want to talk about quickly is reincarnation which is also i think you know again separated from religious connotation something that's becoming more widely discussed out there so so let's explore for a minute combining those things together all right about desire to improve angels reincarnation right let's suppose that when while we are in our spiritual realms in between lives, in other words, before we incarnate in the next life, we meet with a committee of angels to help us decide what do we want to improve and work on during the next lifetime. I, I think that's plausible. Make some planning, you know, et cetera. Now, in our physical realms of our incarnations, there's lots of dualities we face with. You know, dualities of good, bad, love, hate, even hot, cold, left, right are dualities in our lifetimes. They're all around us from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think for a moment of how much greater our understanding and appreciation is about such a thing as love if we're also aware of hate as a contrast to it. Mm -hmm. And then choose our behaviors on that continuum. I'm not trying to be moralistic here. It's just to help give some perspective. You know, maybe we have a great appreciation of love if we also understand what hate's about. So let's speculate for a moment that someone wants to learn about hate in order for love to have a greater meaning. All right. They could instruct their committee of angels to help co-create appropriate scenarios to experience hate during the next physical incarnation. Mm -hmm. Granted, that could be a mix of feeling hatred by others receiving it. It could be acting as a hater or perhaps a close observer of how others may be dealing with hatred in their simultaneous incarnations around them, right? Mm-hmm. We may even recruit others to help us play certain roles. We, we tend to recruit what we call our soul family, people who've done a lot of lifetimes with us, and they're willing to help us out, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, here are four key wrinkles that make everything I've talked about so challenging to accomplish. Mm-hmm. First one is, when we go through the birthing process, we forget all these arrangements that we made with our angels <laughs> because, you know, we, the angels want us to kind of start fresh each life and realize, you know, what are we learning and not have a bias from that standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. However, those angels are committed to fulfilling our wishes. So they keep creating the scenarios, whether we recognize them or not. Mm-hmm. And until we recognize them, they'll keep creating them over and over for us to experience these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now we are partially driven by at least a subconscious level, by whatever positive and negative energies we accumulated over past lives that we never got rid of. Mm-hmm. They're still affecting us in various ways. We may not recognize it. And, and, and of course, um, from that standpoint, the fourth area that is most important of all is we always have free will to choose not to engage in hate, even though if that's what we wanted to learn about. Yes. So, and that I'm just using hate as our example. We could yes, yes. work on love, compassion, patience, joy, forgiveness, control, power, manipulation, and thousands of other options that we might choose to work on. So I'm just using love and hate as kind of our example here. So even though it can be difficult, we still can learn about hate and choose instead to love based on that free will choice. However, when we're when we're going to be exposed to hateful situations, because that's what we said we wanted to do, 
we have to make some difficult choices in that sense. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and, the, and the, the, the most important part that we don't realize is that all of this negative energy, we could choose to clear it. We just have to ask our angels to do so, but we need to do it from the physical realms. We yeah. can't do that from the spiritual realms. That's at least what I'm learning. And it, if you think of incarnations as being sort of the laboratory course of our perpetual spiritual education, you know, this is our lab, of course, where we experiment, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going on here. So yes. now how does this tie back to hope you ask, right? Think back to when we were making those arrangements with our angels and our soul family members between incarnations, every single soul volunteered to assist us. And we volunteered to assist them as well, right? Yes. Even though we all forget it once we're born, <laughs> we did that, right? So the key part here is that with that context here, it's impossible for any of us to actually be victims in life as nothing is done to us or against our will. We chose all of this, even though we forgot it and we don't even understand it while we're living it. So I kind of ask this willingness to voluntarily go through the pain and suffering of what is probably hell here on earth, physical incarnations are a lot of pain and suffering to willingly volunteer to do that as a powerful means to self-educate toward a heightened consciousness of learning, might that not be the ultimate example of hope? Mm, Willingness to take that on and to try to hope to get better against all the odds, yet with the guidance that we may or may not understand and appreciate at the time. Now, this does not condone any... When going back to your question about leadership and, and everything else, it does not condone any behaviors that people do and how badly we treat each other. I don't condone yeah. that at all. I'm not endorsing yeah. it or excusing it. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, a lot of the early Christian writers using that as an example, since I grew up in that, I mean, the first few, few hundred years after uh, Christ, there was a lot of written things about reincarnation. Yeah. However, the leaders of the churches at that time, particularly at the Council of Nicaea, decided, no, we need it, that's we can't control the masses with that type of information out there. People think, well, yes. I'll, I'll just kill my neighbor and try better next time, you know. Yes. No. So they got rid of a lot of that stuff and instead, you know, used illiteracy to their advantage and and basically try to control the masses from that standpoint. Yes. That doesn't mean that that's what religion is doing today necessarily. However, that is a, a lot of the foundation of, of many sure. religions, not just Christianity. Yeah. There's that sense of how do we control the masses? So now I'm focusing on in my work, how do we influence the individual to help influence the masses and not try to necessarily go toward the masses directly, not play upon the fear and negative energies that people rely upon so much today, it seems. What do you think about that idea? You have dropped a very big bomb, my friend. <laughs> and again, I say up front, I cannot prove a word of it. I'm not here trying to proselytize and advocate as much as just present this as a possibility that maybe that's what's really Yeah, happening. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a hypothesis, it's fun. It's fascinating. But at the same time, you use the word complex. It's quite complex and difficult to fathom. And I want to explore a little bit more of it. We need to take a break. Sure. Um and, and probably we'll just go straight to music because uh, we are supposed to take a break 25, uh, 25 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. You are, you are on uh, the Hope Maker Show and uh, we are having a very big conversation. Uh, so get your philosophy books out, get your philo- uh, open minds out and let's talk about being, let's talk about hope, but let's talk about hope 
from a different perspective. This is a very interesting perspective because it's also not uh, necessarily just a physical conceptualization or or at least a sensate uh, uh, space for it. It's also about how it actually is much larger than how we think. And I want to explore a little bit of that. But for now, let's take some music. Uh, Window of Hope. I love whip. I love playing this song. I think I'm playing it for the third time on this show. <laughs> we'll be back. Highway Harley Davidson. There are no words. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. station. You are on the Hot Makers Show, and uh, you are with Mongas. Thank God. Thank you to Westwood International for powering this for us and uh, uh, getting us to get into this. Follow us at uh, hashtag the Hope Makers Collective. Ah, uh, well. Follow us at the Hope Makers Collective uh, everywhere on social media and uh, hashtag hope. Let's make a hope trend. So hashtag hope, hashtag hope making uh, and other hashtags that will essentially make a hope, hope, hope uh, trend. But most importantly, uh, if you miss this show, it is available at Online Radio, uh, as a podcast anyway. And it won't have music and stuff, so it's no longer as fun. Um, but it's still there, so you can click, you can choose whatever podcast uh, um, provider you love there, and then it will go straight there, and you can listen. Share it, share it, share it. We're trying to actually get it to a million people. Uh, although, according to Greg, it should be one point seven one six billion. But what do I know? <laughs> So I am here with uh, Ralph Foster Jorgensen, and we are talking about hope in so many different uh, perspectives. And speaking to a pastor's kid is also quite fascinating uh, uh, all the time. You said something very fascinating that as I think some of the listeners, um, my well, actually one of my one of my guys, we have a we have a show on Sundays. Uh, we call it PK Unshackled. Um, right. So uh, uh, Mac uh, is a, a, a pastor's kid, uh, a, a very uh, popular pastor here. And he, he, he pushes the boundaries uh, pretty much and questions the church left, right, and center, not because he hates the church, but uh, mostly to get, to get us into a space where we can't just be robots and, 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 and just continue to do. In fact, what I find is that when people start asking more questions, uh, about not just their spirituality, but about their religion uh, within which they allow their spirituality to exist. It probably makes them a lot more in control uh, in this instance, which kind of like connects back to what you, what you spoke about uh, just before we took a break. So uh, what I'm really hearing you say as a summary uh, for, 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 for my small mind <laughs> oh my is that, <laughs> is that essentially um, if you believe that we are spirit as opposed to just body mm-hmm. then um, whatever it is that you're worried about 
it's kind of irrelevant because you're kind of in control of it anyway at some point if you figure it out. Is that a fair summary? I know I didn't use any of your words there, which no. from a coaching perspective is a terrible summary. No, no, it's a wonderful summary. And because it focuses on the idea that we have free will choice to choose our, our behaviors and our actions and our, and our beliefs as well and our mm-hmm. attitudes. So the key mm-hmm. here is if we understand and please understand what I presented on that, on that spiritual stuff. I yes. mean, I do three to six day classes on that. So it's not something you can quickly summarize necessarily yes. to teach people yes. how to yes. clear the yes. negative yes. energies. Yes. And by the way, this is a breakthrough for me. For for decades now, I have kept my business consulting separate from my spiritual work. Yes. I'm yes. combining them today on your Fascinating. for the first time. Fascinating. <laughs> but you, you are then going on your own journey right there, actually. Very much so. That's, Very much that's, so. That, that's precisely what we do, right? Isn't that what we do? We, we walk around, because I see it in corporate. I see leaders walking around as if they have no soul, as if they have... Not, they have nothing but this corporate. And I dare say, Rolf, that um, I've been studying a lot of, a lot of work around values. Um, and, and, and I've been asking, uh, what's the value of values in this instance? Uh, and wh- where do they, not even where do they come from? Because we kind of already kind of know a little bit. But so are we, are we even leveraging on it? Or is it the stuff that we put on the walls in our offices and then because uh, every time I ask people what what is what are your top five values they have to think very hard yet we make so many quick decisions based on this thing right but the point I'm trying to make though is as soon as we start asking people about something that's uh, about them not their jobs not their roles not their positions they get stumped because we don't know ourselves. And I'm hearing you say there's actually an even higher p- piece of work here and that says, oh, you think you, th- you think you have arrived with all of your accolades. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> even started. You still need to go and figure out those contracts you have made that got you here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. In fact, I think in some ways we are our own worst enemy when it comes to this. So you try to ask somebody about values, they tend to fall back onto slogans. Yes. That doesn't have the depth, that doesn't show the, the beingness of themselves uh, that, that is potentially there. And uh, in, in fact, I think the English language does a poor job of labeling degrees of hope even. I agree. For example, when we talk about hopeful, that implies yes. that we are full of hope, yet is your fullness the same as my fullness? Yes, yes. <laughs> We don't have a contrasting word. We don't use the word hope empty. <laughs> yes. It's yes. opposite, hopeful. Yeah. Often when we say hopeless, yes. well, as compared to what? Yes. Are you still, are we always hopeless until we reach a tipping point and all of a sudden we're hopeful? <laughs> yes. And does that, does that tipping point vary from each one of us? You know, yes. um, many seem to apply that hopeless means that's beyond our ability to generate a hope or not worth any effort. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. pretty self-defeating and negative fear energy from that standpoint. Yeah. So we really need some defined, some gradients of hope, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we might say um, hope deprived, re- representing a loss of something or somehow it's taken away or never given to us. Well, mm-hmm. how about hope filled? Must we have tapped some external source from which to fill ourselves? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think we can generate from within ourselves. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. If we use just the word hope alone, as in I hope to be or do something that, you know, correlates to what 
actually it correlates to what a good, a good friend of mine and colleague is, I'm a certified high performance coach and he's a colleague of mine, Dr. Wayne Purnell. And he yeah. talks about hope is not a strategy. Yeah. Now he suggests that hope without accompanying action is just a non-committal dream. And I, and I tend to go along with that, you know, in fact, yeah. the hope makers collective to which you referred that you and I belong. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things we talk about there is in one of the frameworks that, that uh, we, we can use with companies there is to, help organizations achieve, um, we apply the framework, basically probes their values, probes their processes, their situations. And then from that, we can synthesize a deeper meaning and what's the true wisdom within their organization or what they're really trying to dig for. And once we understand what that synthesized wisdom is, that's the catalyst to converting just raw hope into what we call actionable hope. And that actionable hope is something where we can then help optionally if the client wants us to, you know, we can become independent change agents. We facilitate, consult, coach, or whatever is necessary to help them through a transformation. Well, if they're not setting their sights as high as they could, that transformation becomes just a transaction. And that's not very satisfying whether it be spiritually or just physically in one's life, we're looking for improving at a transformational level. So let's give ourselves permission to do it. Yeah. 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 And and I'm hearing that that transformation um, is actually much bigger than a, a concomitant action that you might be taking at that moment. Uh, And in fact, it might actually have an opposite uh, effect to your short-termist approach to it because it might actually leave you, sorry, uh, there's no other word, hopeless <laughs> because, because you've just realized that the results you want are not showing up now. Yeah. And, and, if we don't break it, it into manageable pieces, it looks too ominous to even start and even tackle it all. So it makes us feel hopeless. I agree. We've got to break yeah. it into actionable steps. Yeah. Yeah, pieces they call it. <laughs> sure, uh, th- this is a very deep conversation. Has there been a time when you have been hopeless? <laughs> well, um, I, you know, like everybody else, I'm not immune from difficult challenges. The difference is I just don't dwell there very long. All right. Yes. Um, in fact, if you don't mind, uh, uh, let me just take a minute to. Uh, there's a fun teaching uh, tool I use. It's a simple four-letter acronym. Yes. And it's it's basically where to turn when feeling negativity. Where to turn when feeling negative. Now make make a mental note or write down what the letters are as I go through this, if you don't mind. Right. Yeah. Sure. So where to turn when feeling negativity. The first letters are, meaning mm-hmm. to recognize it. Mm-hmm. And the earlier the better as a habit to learn with practice, right? Mm-hmm. The second letter is O, meaning own it. Don't blame somebody else for your negativity. Own it yourself. Mm-hmm. The third letter is L, let it go. You know, retaining negativity only harms ourselves, right? Uh, and the last letter is F, forgive yourself and others. So what does that spell? How did I, how did I know you were going there? <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome to turn to me when you're dealing with negativity. I welcome that. <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't understand visually what we just did, my name is Rolf, R-O-L-F. So that's why I was yes. having fun with that. Yes. Yeah. Laughter is also a good important part of our hopelessness, uh, getting out of hopelessness too, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so, so essentially I'm hearing you say that this is actually the, the steps you take yourself. They do. They, I, I actually follow that every day. And, yeah. and it, it's, it allows me to get out of the negativity uh, quickly, 
right? Mm. I don't believe it's justified ever to carry yeah. over negativity from one interaction with somebody to the next person I meet or I deal with. Yeah. That's not fair to them. That doesn't give them a justifiable uh, opportunity to have a wonderful relationship with me. So you got to release it. You got to let it go before you carry it over into somebody else, whether that's in your family or your job or anywhere else, even just at the store. You know? yeah. yeah. So let's see. Uh, uh, the, the R is recognize it. Yeah. The O is own it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The L is for letting, let it go. Let it go. And, and the, the F? F? Yeah. Forgive yourself and others around you. Let's not hang out. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> that's not necessarily a religious term. That's just the idea of let it. You know, no, give ourselves I, permission to release it. <laughs> you know, you know what, I, you know what, I, you know what I love about the forgive yourself. I've, I've had a, I've had a conversation with the, with the, with Doug, and, um, so it's actually quite interesting how aligned, um, a lot of this conversation is between yourself, Doug, and um, mm-hmm. Nina. Uh, because uh, we, we already had a conversation with Nina and it was kind of going there as well. There was something there around, first of all, a shift in personal perspective. I like um, that. Where, where you essentially uh, start realizing that actually your perspective uh, really just belongs to you. Uh, it, 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 you, you haven't, no, no one gave it to you. No one... Uh, you may have borrowed it from somewhere, in which case the own it piece uh, mm-hmm. becomes important because you own the fact that you actually borrowed that and it may not necessarily be yours, in which case you can give it back. You can actually let it go and go like, well, okay, uh, now that I realize that I actually am not owning it, I kind of let it go. But I've had a, a, a while, many years ago, probably about five, seven years ago, um, I I came to the power of forgiving oneself because we beat ourselves up against this particular standard. Whether it's the way I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be happy, dot 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 dot. I'm supposed to be successful. I'm supposed so there's this whole supposed to be. Uh, thing that most of the time we measure ourselves against it and then afterwards we beat ourselves up completely forever yeah. uh, self-flagellation and I like the freedom that the, the fact that you've um, what's the word you've um, uh, formalized it into some kind of a framework because I kept I kept saying to people forgive yourself yeah here's the most go, but how do I do that yeah here's the most important part of that actually And that is to recognize that our experiences in life are less important than the energy we choose to apply toward them. Let me repeat that. Our experiences. Say that again. Say that again. Our experiences in life are less important than the energy we choose to apply toward them. And since we have free will choice, we can step back from whatever's happening and say, what can I learn from this? As opposed to just piling on with more negativity when we're, when we're faced with it. So when you talk about letting it go, it's not letting it go to give it back to somebody. It's letting it go out into the ethers of the universe. It's allowing ourselves to generate our own choices, our own personal perspective, which is, you know, you're talking with Nina and Doug and others, wonderful people with tremendous minds. I I, uh, look forward to their (laughs) listening to their shows as well. You know, it it really is an opportunity. In fact, I have another framework I use called perpetuating hope where we actually we feel a sense of hope inwardly 
That's what enhances our confidence. Mm-hmm. We then demonstrate it outwardly. And from that, particularly with Hope Makers initiatives, things that we're doing to help people, we then inspire actions in ourselves and others, which brings us back to then feeling it positively inwardly, enhancing our confidence. It becomes an infinity loop of perpetuating hope. And that's a key part to remind ourselves that we don't have to be dependent upon what others think of us or do to us to evaluate ourselves or to create our values. We generate them from within ourselves. Yes, others influence us and we're open. We're trying to influence people right now. However, we're not taking away their free will choice to reject everything I've said as well as accept portions of it as they so choose. Yeah. But here's a challenge, and I'm going to leave it with you, and, and uh, we'll come back and, 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 and break it down after a break, because sure, we're having a very complex conversation. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, so I'm hoping we haven't lost everybody there. Uh, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about, but we're talking about hope. <laughs> you are on the Hope Makers show, and uh, before we go, uh, so here's a question I want to leave, leave with you. I am now, let's say, I'm, I'm listening to you now. I'm in Afghanistan. I'm listening to you now. I'm in Yemen. I'm in Ukraine. Um, sheesh, uh, somewhere in Ghana. I'm just choosing these very difficult places. Um, even here, I mean, we have 36, 37% unemployment. This stuff sounds very academic. What does it mean for me? And so I kind of want to explore that a little bit in terms of does it have meaning for someone like that? Um, but let's take a break. You're on the Hope Maker Show and we are exploring hope from all its different facets. And we hopefully, <laughs> I always like that part. <laughs> hopefully something drops on your lap that gives you a little bit, a little bit of light uh, with whatever it is that you're busy with. And uh, we will be back after this. Don't take credit. Unexpected coming from a bank. But just think about it. Using credit to finance a flashy lifestyle to show that you've arrived won't help you live better. What's new today is old tomorrow, except for the debt that you still have to pay. But do take credit to renovate your home, buy a more reliable car, or pay for your children's education. If that's your goal, then Capitec will help you realize your dreams. Because living better starts when you get credit for the right reasons. More music, more inspiration. Vua Online. My people, you are on the Hope Maker Show. And uh, as Greg would say, Hope uh, Wednesday is Hope Day. And uh, we are actually now on Hope Day. So I'm hoping you're enjoying uh, your Hope Day. If you miss the show, um, it repeats. Uh, so it goes through the cycle. So if you've missed it in the morning, uh, Eastern time, uh, you can catch it uh, about nine, 12 hours later. And you check your schedule. Um, it, it should be on the, on the schedule somewhere. Just go to the Vuga 9 radio. Uh, .co.za and check it there, you'll catch it. But if you miss it completely on the day, 
just go to the same website, vugonlineradio.co.za. You probably can also get some links on the Hope Makers, uh, Hope Makers Collective if you follow us there. And just uh, check it out. And if it gives you comfort, feel free to share it with other people. Let's do this. This is a gift that we are trying to actually just give to the world. So I am with Ralph and uh, we are just, we are having a very, um, hey, high level, (laughs) (laughs) high level conversation about hope. So I asked a question just before we left, right? Uh, With all of this, because you're taking it from a very spiritual uh, perspective. When I'm now sitting in Yemen, they've been going through war there forever. And you'll notice I'm deliberately not talking about Ukraine. That's right. A bit relevant to uh, people who understand what's there. Yeah. What what does this mean then for me? Sure. I I think the first part is to recognize, and this is hard for people to accept when they're under duress, and that is that everything really is in divine order. Meaning the scenarios that we create in the earthly and the, in the incarnated worlds are there to help us learn what we chose. We wanted to work on what we said we wanted to work on. Mm -hmm. And it may very well be that what some of us chose to work on is how do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with maintaining one's temper? How do we deal with, with the compassion toward others who we see suffering? those are all things to work on. Yet, if we don't have scenarios in which to apply what we want to work on, and our, you know, our angels are actually helping to create those for us because we ask them to, we just don't remember doing that. And so it's hard when it's right up in front of you and you're dealing with it and it's, it's life and death situation. And while it's not very reassuring, and I'm not trying to you know, coach people on this as much as just give another perspective, another human perspective, and that is that, you know, Maybe there are just some reasons for things to be happening that we may not understand at the moment, yet they're still helping us all grow in our various yeah. ways. And yeah. when you couple that with the free will choice we have, we can decide whether we really want to hate somebody. Yeah. We can decide whether we really want to kill somebody. Yeah. And I, I don't condone the behaviors because yeah. uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at it from the context that we are perpetual spiritual beings just temporarily in these physical skins in order to learn. Right. Yet right. we still have total free will as to how we deal with other people around us. Yeah. Yeah. If we want to go through a lifetime, if we want to train our children to hate, yeah. we need to take responsibility for that. Yeah. And is that really what we want is the long-term benefit for our children to grow up yeah. hating others just because we chose to hate or yeah. can we guide them? Can we coach our kids to say, maybe there's a better way. And it may take multiple generations like in Yemen and other places to get there. And it may, in, in, in fact, there's some, in, some spiritualists believe that we will never get rid of violence and pain because it's part of our educational laboratory course we talk about. That yeah. to me is a little bit too self-defeating because I think there's free will choice to overcome that. However, yeah. it still is part of what we're choosing to experience here. I'm not sure that's a reassuring answer in any way, though. Yeah, I I don't know if it's reassuring, but probably that's not the point, right? The point is to, as you say, uh, clarify the perspective. Um, Because I'm here in that sense, that's it. Because it feels terrible when I'm going through 
uh, 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 war, pain, loss, um, and then somebody goes, well, uh, look, it's actually really up to you what you decide. It's really up to you how you use this energy. It's up to you to get out of that uh, rut uh, you are in. Because right at that time, and I've been thinking about Viktor Frankl every time you speak, right at that time, you are sitting in that hole and it feels hopeless. Well, part of what I teach in the spiritual classes, quite honestly, is the idea of we can ask for this negative energy to be cleared. We just don't realize we can do so. It's not mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the reason why we can clear the negative energy is because we spent thousands of lives in the same rut. Mm-hmm. We've learned those lessons and our angels know it. They're clamoring. They're trying to guide us by saying, please ask for it to be cleared. You have to initiate it yourself from the incarnated level. We can't do it for you. We can't impose our will on you. You have to have your own free will. So if we ask for this negativity to be cleared, it can make it much easier moving forward in life and enjoying life and also not feeling that strong desire to keep incarnating back into the hell. <laughs> you know, give, yeah. us, well, give us permission, give ourselves, excuse me, permission to say, I've learned that lesson. I don't need to keep doing it again. Yeah. And this is a very big question. I'm, 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 and I don't expect you to answer, to answer it because as you were talking about it, it kind of also triggered that, uh, the, the, this, and, and you probably are in the right position to answer b- with both your perspectives, uh, uh, all of your perspectives here, uh, because I keep getting this thing that's where people go like, but where is God when it hurts, um, which is a more uh, religious, a more pointing, a more dependent frame uh, from what I'm hearing now, given what we are talking about. What did you say to somebody like that? Well, I would never try to convince somebody to sacrifice their religious beliefs because I don't mm-hmm. think I have a right to do so. They, they've yes. chosen to believe that, and I respect that. Yes. For me, religion is more about community than it is about beliefs, however. So it still has wonderful value in that sense, that the, the, the camaraderie we get from sharing our lives with other people with like uh, beliefs and attitudes. Yes. I think the key here is to recognize that If we, and again, you have to accept this premise, if we chose to work on something and we invited and got commitments from our angels and other souls around us to help us work on something, none of us can be victims. We asked to do these things and to work on these things. So in that sense, whatever is happening around us, whether you believe it is God inspired or whether you believe it's spirit oriented or something totally different. And I respect all the religions out there for their beliefs. It still comes down to the idea that if we are perpetual spiritual beings, Mm -hmm. what can we learn from this? What can we step back and say, I don't have to fall into or grasp or embrace the negativity around me. What can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. In that sense, we have the option to say, I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to break the trend. I'm going to get out of my own rut. (laughs) Yeah. And that, to me, is an element of hope as well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it, 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 in the whole. The whole concept is actually quite liberating, in the sense that uh, you are the master. Um, when, 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 when uh, I mean, when the Buddhists talk about the concept of uh, surrender, uh, you, you kind of in a sense, speak quite a bit to that, to say, 
actually you surrender to your experience because that's exactly so that you can be able to see what is it that it is bringing to you. Um, uh, but then there's a faith piece in it uh, because the thing about hope and faith is I don't know why sometimes we use different words, but that's also a different story. It almost feels like the same thing for me. That says you kind of need to believe uh, that it's actually teaching you something anyway. <laughs> you know, and instead of, uh, of uh, defining faith from a religious connotation alone, that's only one direction, one method, right? Yes. Another approach is to say, Faith is feeling and sensing and knowing that I'm going the right direction, even though I don't know what's going to happen next. You have faith that you're going in the right direction or faith that you can figure it out. Yeah, which is a deeper dictionary definition, right? Yeah, Yeah. I I think that's an important aspect of faith because we do sometimes have to act on a leap of faith. We don't necessarily have to have all the answers, particularly when when we think about it, those situations where we think we have to, consciously understand it that's our mental body getting in the way of our spiritual development yes that's our emotional connections and our physical body getting in the way of our spiritual development we want to balance all of them spiritual mental emotional and physical yeah we need to start wrapping up this is a big conversation (laughs) (laughs) i have this thing uh, what the world needs now is dot 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 complete the sentence well i i think what they really need is a is a a deeper understanding of, it sounds repetitive, but a deeper understanding of what it is that we are trying to learn in life that is part of our perpetual spiritual growth. And in that sense, if, if we take away, if we step back from the physical turmoil and we start asking ourselves, you know, and, and, and please understand, people are inspired listening to people like you, right? And I think that's wonderful. You should feel inspired. Yet that cannot abdicate somebody from their own personal responsibility to take whatever actionable hope means to them. Yeah. So yeah. figure out, don't just stop with hope alone, because that's not a good yeah. strategy. You know, yeah. hope driving certain actions yeah. that we can then step back from and say, what can we learn from this? That's yeah. the direction I'd love to people go. Yes. So hopefully the fuel you put in, it gives you a little bit more energy, but you kind of still have to figure out where you're going and what are you going to do with it? Exactly. We still have to live our life. <laughs> get back and say, well, I'll wait to my next reincarnation. No, you know, let's, what would let's be learn. one challenge you give to people listening right now? They go like, okay, um, so what can I do when I finish this? What is the one challenge you can challenge them to do? Well, I think a key part of it is, spiritually speaking, Mm. understand that nothing can harm us unless we believe we can be harmed. Mm. And I think that's a key aspect of it. If we understand we are perpetual spiritual beings, Mm. nothing can really harm us unless we have a belief system that says we'll be harmed. Mm. And that sense, now, I'm not talking about physical harm. Obviously, we can still be harmed physically. Mm. Anybody can do Mm. things to us. And that's not the point I'm making here. It's, it's more the idea that, that, nor are we condoning and excusing whatever people do to each other from that standpoint. It's just that idea that if we voluntarily worked on or chose to work on improving ourselves, then we can voluntarily follow through on that education, no matter how painful it may seem at the time. 
regardless of what we have to go through to get there in our physical, mental, and emotional lives. Because the end goal is the spiritual development. That's our perpetuity is spiritually. We're only temporarily in these physical skins. Now, if we allow ourselves to appreciate that subtle distinction, I think we might find that we can love each other a little better too. And that contrast I talked before about understanding hate as it relates to a greater appreciation of love, that's the choice I'm willing to make. And I hope others will follow us and work with us to do that too. Hope that actually is what everybody is looking forward to doing. Embrace all of it uh, because the duality uh, of everything is exactly the lesson. Uh, (laughs) I love you, Mangezi, and others as well. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ralph. This was a very, very, oh, very deep conversation, man. I'm going to be listening to this conversation over and over. I'll play this in in my workshops and all because I, I, whenever I speak about these kinds of things, you're like, what the hell are you talking about? So at least I have now an ally, right? (laughs) I'm honored to be with you and I look forward to... uh... Yeah, absolutely. You have been on the Hope Maker Show, and uh, that was my conversation there with the Ralph Foster Jurgensen. Check him out. Are you on LinkedIn, Ralph? Um, Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. I've got about twelve thousand connections on LinkedIn, actually. Uh, I'm also have consultativeskills.com as one of my websites. I have a number of different websites, but that's one of them. Yeah, just in case you want to connect and 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 continue and ask questions and get more coaching. Uh, about this because all we can do here is raise awareness maybe trigger some thoughts but as Rafa is saying the action lies with you and I'm looking forward to connecting with you again in the news in the in the, in the new week uh, yep. as as we do uh, again uh, hope make us show and the remember hope is the seed of data in our heads that tells us it will be all right if we nurture it. Have a lovely one. Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on. Oh, you see, I'm in a hurry. I forgot. My God, I nearly made a mistake. We always close with the music. Now I'm going and I didn't close with the music. What's the song we're playing for you? Oh, I think just Chuck Mangione's Feel So Good is one of, the, one of my favorites. <laughs> we started with jazz. We end with jazz. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, Ralph, thank you so much. In many countries on our continent, gay people face discrimination and intolerance on a daily basis, and their rights are non-existent. To find out more about what it's like to be a gay man in Tanzania, we are going to phone Anthony Mbise, a gay Tanzanian man. Central prison services. Hello? But we can't because he's currently in jail for being gay under Tanzanian law. He has been in jail for over a year. Help us fight for gay rights on our continent. Go to the SA Human Rights website to find out how you can help. P.S. Anthony Mbise isn't his real name. Using his real name would only make his situation worse. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. It's Vuga Online, your inspiration radio station. If you're enjoying this interruption and find the sound of my voice captivating, you may be experiencing extreme boredom. Try new, fast-acting Subaru Impreza in hatch or sedan, formulated with symmetrical full-time all-wheel drive. Cure boredom fast with new Impreza.